Hey, Chandler Bolt here, the author of Published, and you're listening to My Quest for the Best with Bill Ringle. Listen up, small business founders, senior managers, and rising stars. Bill Ringle here, host of My Quest for the Best, the podcast for ambitious small business leaders. On each episode, I bring you the inside stories from published and accomplished experts who want to share their knowledge and experiences in order to help you be more successful in leading your people, managing your business, and navigating toward more growth and more impact in a changing and challenging landscape. Let's dive in. Hi, this is Bill Ringle host of My Quest for the Best, the podcast for ambitious SMB leaders. Joining me today on episode 405 is Chandler Bolt. Chandler is the author of Publish, The Proven Path from Blank Page to 10,000 Copies Sold. He's a seven-time best-selling author and CEO of Self Publishing School and selfpublishing.com. Chandler knows exactly how instrumental book writing books can be in sharing your message and even growing and scaling your business. His message is that you can't wait for the perfect time in life to get writing. The perfect time to write is now. Chandler lives in Austin, Texas, and is here to talk about his book, Published, The Proven Path from Blank Page to 10,000 Copies Sold. Welcome, Chandler. Bill, great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be with you. Tell me, when you were growing up, who's somebody who influenced or inspired you? Yeah, when I was growing up, one of my biggest influences was my brother. He plays in the rock and roll band called Need to Breathe. They're a Grammy-nominated rock and roll band now. They weren't then. And now he's got a Bolt Farm tree houses. They've been on Netflix and all this stuff. We grew up in a small town, very blue collar. My parents met working, working night shift at a factory. In that kind of environment, you've got three or four career options, at least according to your guidance counselor. My brother went to pursue music and he said- well, What's your yeah. brother's first name? Yeah, his name's Seth. Yeah, Seth Bolden, you need to breathe. Seth went to pursue music and everyone said, Seth, when are you going to get a real job and stop making music and do something that you can actually go somewhere with it? And he, he said, hey, I want to do this. And then he came back to me and said, everybody told me I couldn't do it and I did it. You can do whatever you want. That was a big inspiration to me. That's terrific. Do you remember if there was an example after he said that to you, Chandler, you can do whatever you want. Look at the success I've had. Where you suddenly started to realize maybe not that day or that week, but you started making a decision here and there hmm. that led you because you believed in yourself more. Yeah. There's so many micro decisions, right? I believe that life is in, in a large part about micro decisions where there's those small things that you push yourself out of your comfort zone to test yourself and to test whether something's possible or not. So there was a lot of those that I think led to more confidence to take big leaps or make big decisions. The biggest one for me was dropping out of school. I realized I was learning how to run a business from professors who have never ran businesses, and that didn't make sense. And I, meanwhile, I was running businesses outside of school and learning way more. That was probably one of the biggest leaps that I made that was brought on by my brother's encouragement, not necessarily to drop out, but to do big things and challenge the status quo. It wasn't necessarily challenging the status quo where you're saying to them, watch me. School is just getting in your way of spending the time in the way that you knew could best help advance your goals in your career. You're exactly right. Every aspiring author would agree with your message that the time to get writing is now, not someday in the future. Let's talk about some of the obstacles to writing a book, starting with the emotional roller coaster of, oh, this is going to be great to write a book. Yeah, it's so funny you mentioned that. I know you said you've read the book before this. So on page 71, there's that emotional roller coaster, which I realize most people are listening to this, they won't see it. But it's the creative process as an author, right? And really, I think this sums up life as an entrepreneur, life as a leader. It starts out, this is going to be awesome then this is hard, then this is terrible, then I'm terrible, <laughs> then hey, not bad, and then that was awesome. The biggest obstacle for most people is getting started. Writing a book, it's on their maybe someday list, it's on their maybe next year list. And the reality just is that 
for most people, maybe someday becomes maybe never, and they never get around to writing their book. In, in my experience in, at self-publishing school and selfpublishing.com, we've helped, I know there's at least 6,000, I think we're closer to, if not past 7,000 books that we've published over the last seven years and some change. We've published a lot of books and we've worked with even more people than that. We publish one to three books a day. We've just seen so many data points and so much experience to show that, all right, the start is the hardest part for a lot of people. Most people never even get started. New York Times study says that 81% of people want to write a book. We know that less than 1% of people actually do it. Why is there that gap? Most people don't start, but then the big piece is finishing your rough draft. That's just the clear line in the sand that we've seen. People finish their rough draft. They're exponentially more likely to publish and be successful. Don't, they're going to stall out. That's the area that we really focus on for people is to try and help them finish their rough draft. One of the things that you and I have both seen is that stopping anyone from accomplishing a big goal, people largely run into internal obstacles more so than external obstacles. It's not the lack of space on your computer that's preventing you from writing another page. It's not the lack of availability of paper and pens. It's the self-doubt and the misjudging the effort required to get to that first draft. What's one thing that you teach people in self-publishing school about how to overcome that obstacle. Yeah, there's a lot because I think writing a book brings up all this fear and insecurity and maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe people aren't gonna like this. Who am I to write a book? The one encouragement that I have for people is when I grew up in the Boy Scouts and I remember my scoutmaster, he said, we were out on this camping trip and I remember we were, I had heard about bears being in the area I said, hey, are there bears here? He said, yeah, that's why we're tying up our food in the trees so that the bears can't get it. I said, well, hold up. What if we see a bear in the woods? He said, Chandler, you, you don't have to be faster than the bear. You just have to be faster than your friend. And kind of gave me a wink. And it's, you might just think, okay, what does this have to do with writing a book? I think a lot of times when people, they see this bear of an obstacle of writing a book and they think, hey, who am I to write that book? You don't have to know everything. You just have to know a little bit more than the person that you're teaching. That's my encouragement to a lot of people is, your first book probably isn't going to be your best. But even still, it's going to be extremely helpful for at least a small group of people. You don't have to know everything. In fact, if you're not the next Oprah or Serena Williams or Tony Robbins or whoever, you're, there's a decent chance that you're going to relate to a whole group of people that wouldn't relate to any of those other folks who say, oh, I see myself in Bill and I want to read Bill's book. That's my encouragement for people. I'm going to highlight another part of that, which is stop comparing yourself to the best people out there. Don't compare yourself to a Tony Robbins and trying to write his book. One thing that he and I and you have all learned is your first book doesn't necessarily have to be your last book. Get the first one out there and then you can parlay what you've learned into writing your next book. Sometimes people run into trouble with what their purpose is in writing a book and you've distilled it down to four very clear, different but overlapping purposes. Can you share what those are? Yeah, this is the fun thing about having a new book <laughs> is you've got new concepts. There's a lot and I try to synthesize it in the book in a simple way. There's a passion project. And this is someone who says, hey, this is something I'm passionate about. I want to do this. I don't care if anyone reads it. This is like my life's work and a passion and something that I want to create. Number two is a shared experience. This is the why here is, hey, I had this experience and I want to help people in that experience. Maybe it was a traumatic event. Maybe it was weight loss. Maybe it was growing a business. Maybe it was something else. That's the second piece. The third piece is why is people want to become a full-time author. And so they say, hey, I want to make a full-time living from my writing. And a book is going to be one of the first and best steps towards that. And then the fourth and final is using a book to grow your business, which that's where I think a lot of people listening to this podcast, I think this can be really beneficial.
beneficial. A book is one of the best things that you can do to grow your business. We could do a whole separate podcast interview on that. My book published, the first edition has generated millions of dollars in sales for self-publishing school. That's a big part of why I did the second edition because I believe this book will generate tens of millions of dollars for this company over the next decade. It's just, it's one of the best ways to grow your business. So those are the four most common people mix and match. And there's a lot of other reasons, but those are the four main ones. Let's break that down just a little bit about growing your business with a book that you've published. Many people think if I write about my experience, gosh, then people won't need me. Why is that such a sticky myth? I think sometimes people think if I hold back what I know, then someone will pay me to help them. Just my experience has been the exact opposite is when you're open-handed with the gifts that you have and the skills that you have and not in a, hey, I'm gonna allow people to take advantage of me or give away my labor for free when I could charge for it because I think that's the whole other end of the spectrum. But in my experience, if you're very generous with what you know and you're very generous with helping people, it comes back to you. Specifically as it relates to a book, people are always asking, hey, should I include everything or should I hold back so that then, they feel like there's this big missing piece that then maybe they'll do business with me. My mantra is give away all your best stuff for free and people will pay you to tell it to them again. Showing tremendous value and say, wow, this was helpful. Oh my gosh, so good. And I would love to just work with this person to help me implement this. I think in an attempt to be close to the vest, a lot of people actually cut off streams of business. Be generous and people will want to do more business with you. I agree. I think that last part you said is so important. It's all in the execution. It's not just the ideas. The ideas may spark some inspiration, may help connect some dots. It's about following them. When you're doing that, there's no substitute for having someone like a coach or accountability partner or what you provide in the self-publishing school in order to help people get to the next step, one step in front of another in order to get it done. Now, you didn't have self-publishing school when you wrote your first book, Chandler. What was one of the obstacles that got in your way and how did you overcome it? Oh man, it was just a, a relentless Googling and messing stuff up. It, it kind of mirrors a lot of our students' journeys is the hardest part is getting the rough draft done. Then I think the, the second hardest part is from editing to published manuscript. There's just so many hoops to jump through. There's tech, there's, there, okay, I got I need to cover, I need to format the book and all that stuff. And so let's say one of the big ones was we were three days out from launch and I went to upload my book to Amazon and I didn't realize that at the time you couldn't upload a PDF. You needed these certain ebook files. And this is a new news for me. This is on like a Friday. The book was supposed to launch on a Sunday. So we're scrambling to figure out how to get this, the book uploaded. That's just one small example of the things that you don't know that you don't know that, that kind of tripped me up along the way, but we just kept implementing and figuring it out. That was what sparked the desire to create self-publishing school is I created the thing that I wish that I had that would have saved me hundreds of hours, thousands of dollars and helped me write a better book that sold more copies. When you were writing your book, you were in a tough position. You write about this in your book, so I'm not speaking out of turn here, but you were talking about you were 15,000 in credit card debt you had published your book and you had the expectation that it was going to be the answer. When it didn't perform for you initially, you went and asked people, which is such a great thing to do. You ask people, what do I have to do? You realize that writing is just the first step to being a successful book author. Tell us about your friend, Sam, that you met <laughs> and what it meant to yeah, your business. Yeah, oh man, <laughs> what a great guy. So, so, you know, that was the advice that a mentor, yeah, that was the advice. Yeah, I guess that is a gender neutral name. This is advice that a, a mentor of mine gave me is when I was struggling with my business and struggling to get things off the ground. 
And he said, Chandler, you need to le learn to become friends with Sam. And I said, hold up, who's Sam? And why do I need to know him? And he said, Sam is sales and marketing. If you don't learn sales and marketing, you're going to continue to struggle. Your books will continue to not sell. Your business will not grow. But on the flip side, if you do learn it, then, you know, now all of a sudden you're going to have, you can write your own paycheck. You can get any job you want. Your business will grow as fast as you want. Your books will sell because people always need more leads and more customers. So I resisted that advice because I said, hold up. It's like, that I'm sure a lot of people listening can relate. When someone gives you advice and you say, oh, who needs to hear this? It's someone else. So I said, that's great advice for somebody else. There's only one problem. I don't like sales and marketing. I'm sure there's a lot of people listening right now that can relate to that. And they say, oh, that was great advice for Chandler, but that won't work for me. And the fact of the matter is you've got to learn sales and marketing. If you build it, they will not come. You have to tell them about it. Telling them about it is sales and marketing, whether this is in your book, whether this is your product at the company that you work at, whether it's your business, you got to get good at it. That really sparked my journey to reading books, excuse me, reading books, going through courses, going through, going to conferences, like everything I could learn to learn sales and marketing. And that really kickstarted the whole business. And we've been on the Inc. 5000 a bunch of times since then, Forbes 30 under 30, all that stuff is really sparked by learning those core skill sets. Talk about one of the first things you learned with marketing, because of course, marketing precedes sales yeah. that made you say, oh my gosh, this really makes a difference. Mm -hmm. It was one of the eye-opening pivot points because you were, and we all start a lot of things with marketing that don't pan out. Yeah. What was one example of something with, that caught your attention? Because wait a second, this is dramatically different now that I started to implement this tactic. Yeah, the big one was copywriting. And copywriting, for people who aren't familiar with the term, this is not how to copyright your book. It's copywriting is salesmanship in print. The big thing that I realized is that copywriting, great copywriting is like having a one-on-one -on -one conversation with someone in a compelling way that leads them to take action. When it got flipped like that, it's like, oh, this is just talking to people, but through words. And everything is copyright. The title of this podcast interview is copywriting. The description that you click in and see, whether if you watch this, if you're what, I guess not watching, most people are listening. If you're listening to this right now, it's a result of copywriting. And there was something compelling where you said, this is interesting. I'm going to check this out. The same goes in your book to get people to continue reading it. It makes you a better writer. And the same goes for your title, for your subtitle, for the book description. I just realized that applies to everything. If I can get good at one-on-one -on -one sales and then use that to market better through the power of copywriting, I can at least clearly communicate the message of what I'm selling and why people should get it. And that was a big turning point for me. Fabulous. Chandler, many authors think that they become aware that the first week is very important, but really it's what happens after that first week where you really make a difference in the longevity of your book, being able to monetize your book, being able to use it to build a platform. What do you encourage authors who are in your program to do to prepare to have that full year journey mm. after the book is published so that the magic doesn't start just because you've published. Yep. And you talk about this in your book and for yourself that some people like the writing part more than the marketing. Yeah. And there's some people who really like the marketing part more than the writing. Uh, what do people need to prepare themselves with to realize that the success of the book takes place in the actions you take, in the energy you put in long after the book is now available for sale? Yeah. A lot of people, when it comes to marketing their book, they take this Lamborghini approach. They focus all their energy on the launch week. I call it the Lamborghini launch because if you know anything about Lamborghinis, so that they're flashy, they're sexy, they're loud, they use up a lot of fuel and they're gone in a flash. Shoot, it's gone. What I encourage people to do is take the one-year launch Yes, it's important that you have a successful launch week. We can talk about that. There's a lot of people that talk about that. 
There's a handful of things that you can do. We talk about that in the book, right? So that's important. Yes, that you have a strong launch week. But what I think is more important for most authors is that you have a strong launch year. I call this the one-year launch. This is the Toyota Camry approach. If you know anything about Toyota Camry, those things just keep going and going and going. Kind of like my 04 Nissan Altima just passed 225,000 miles this weekend. Big moment. That's what we want for your book, right? It's just, it's this, you're creating this thing that just continues to sell and continues month after month, year after year. I look at it as launching a satellite into orbit. You've got the rocket that launches. That is your book launch. That is your launch week. And the goal of a rocket launch is to generate more thrust and gravity, right? Because, and when you do that, the rocket goes, you can tell I'm not a science major, but when you do that, the rocket goes up into space and then it can release that satellite into orbit and it generates enough momentum that, that that satellite can continue to orbit, right? Sometimes for a really long time, sometimes in perpetuity. That's what you're hoping to create with the launch of your book is enough thrust and momentum. And then through that one year launch so that the book continues to sell long term. Can you talk about one of your students who really embraced the one year launch and what happened as a result? Oh man, there's, there, I feel like there's so many great examples. One of my favorites is because it's unconventional is this is, they wrote a memoir. So it's called Redefining Normal. It's Justin and Alexis Black, which for those who don't know, memoirs are extremely hard to sell if you're not famous. Right? If I'm Matthew McConaughey, I drop a memoir and I narrate it. Like That thing is going to get sold like crazy. And it did. And it was a great book. But if I'm Mr. Nobody in the middle of nowhere, it's, why should people care? They just did an amazing job of not only having a strong launch, but then they used that to spark a speaking career. They got all of these speaking gigs. They used that to go into organizations. And that book continued to sell. It got book awards. There's all those examples of just saying, all right, yes, we're going to have a strong launch. But then we're going to go where people are that can resonate with the message of this book and keep that thing going. As a result, the book just continues to sell. They're fulfilling bulk orders. They're doing speaking gigs, conferences, like all this stuff. It's been really cool to watch. It's important people realize the difference between vanity metrics, which might be your Amazon ranking, the benefit to your business, which is the revenue that comes from the speaking, the consulting, and all the other aspects of building a platform that you could then instruct other business ventures from. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. Is that something that many people coming in are confused by that they recognize that, oh gosh, it's not just about being a top Amazon seller for an hour. It's making sure that the book is something that has all the pieces that allow me to get on interviews, that allow me to use the interviews to get speaking, that bring people into my programs and whatnot. How is it that, what's a typical conversation you have to kind of lay this out for people yeah. where you have two paths take mm -hmm. and where do you want to put your energy? I think a lot of people... They're, I don't think they're confused in a sense because they're like, hey, I know this book isn't going to make money. There's this perpetuation that, hey, books don't make money. And there is a big emphasis on vanity metrics. I want to be published by a traditional publisher. I want to get the New York Times, all that stuff. So that takes some momentum to just redirect and say, hey, I don't think this is what you actually want. How I lay it out for people, because that's this is where I think people are confused, is they don't connect the dots with how this book can actually be a massive driver of business for them. And so what I, I look at, it, there's two paths to make money off your book. There's royalties, and then there's using the book to grow your business, right? For the royalties, publish your book in all formats. You're going to sell a whole lot more copies, do the one-year launch, all that stuff. That's going to maximize your success there. But where there's a much big opportunity is in using the book to grow your business. This is whether you're an entrepreneur or whether you're a high-level employee at a big company or small company or whatever, it's one of the best things that you can do to further your career and grow your business. I look at how do I use a book to get more leads, more sales, and more referrals, okay? And so more leads, these are people who hear about my business because of my book. 
This is a lot of people, my book published, they saw and read the book. They would have never known about selfpublishing.com or self-publishing school if it wasn't for that book, but because of the book they did, and they ended up deciding to work with us. So that's the more leads piece, more customers. So everyone listening to this, if you have any sort of sales function in your business, you have some sort of sales. It goes from traffic to lead or from lead to purchase or to appointment to showing up for that appointment to buying or not buying. Some form of that. It may be longer or shorter, but that's the basic sales funnel. You can use the book at every part of that process or at key parts of that process to increase the conversion of that funnel. Whether that's getting more people to opt in, whether that's getting more people to show up to a training or to the appointment, it's just one of the best ways to increase conversion and get more customers. And then there's the third bucket, which is getting more referrals. My recommendation for everyone, if, especially if you have a product that costs more than a few hundred bucks, you can spend to acquire customers, is, is give away two copies of your book, one for them, and one for someone they know who needs help with the thing that you help with. Now all of a sudden you've turned your customers into active referrers because they would never give, a lot of people say a book is the new business card. I think a book is better than a business card because if you give someone a business card, they're going to throw it away within 24 hours. <laughs> Let's just be real. That business card is going in the trash. But if you give them a book, they keep that book, or at least most people do because it feels weird throwing away a book. And then now it's in their office or it's in their home. And every time they see that book, they think of it. you're making it easier for people to refer your business, which is just a really powerful thing. That's how I look at it. Long, long answer to say, use the book to get more leads, more sales, and more referrals. Let's go back for a moment to Amazon because that's where most people will self-publish. What is Amazon Juice and why does it matter, especially in that first week, in order to make the most of your launch focus? Yeah, so Amazon Juice is just telling the algorithm that this book is, that people are interested in this book. So that's sparked by downloads, that's sparked by sales, that's sparked by reviews. Every platform, that's the beautiful thing, is once you learn how these platforms work, you can apply this on every platform. I'm sure you've seen this, Bill, on whether it's Apple Podcasts, whether it's Spotify. Like the algorithm for how they rank a podcast is very similar for the algorithm how Amazon ranks books is very similar for the algorithm of how anything gets ranked. It's, it's do are people liking and consuming this? Because if they are, that keeps them on the platform. And if they stay on the platform, that company makes more money, right? So these companies are always going to do what helps them make more money. And what helps Amazon make money is when people buy stuff. So they want to show and recommend stuff that people are likely to buy. The way that you can get that ball rolling is as many downloads as possible. A lot of people will end up doing a small free window where they'll give the book away for free. That really sparks a lot of downloads. Then they'll maybe roll into a 99 cent launch and do some promo sites and stuff like that. And so you're getting reviews. You know, that's really sparks Amazon juice. A great example is happening right now. It's Matthew Emery. He's publishing a book called The Detourist. And so he started with a stealth launch. We gave away the book for free for, I think, a day or two. And then there was a lot of free downloads that came from that. That relayed into some momentum for his ebook launch at 99 cents. And there's a bunch of promo sites alongside that. There are certain promo sites and like Buck Books, or there's all these different types of BookBub. And where they have a list of readers who say, hey, I would love discount ebooks and I'm going to buy them. I'm going to read them. And so you've got these avid readers and then these promo sites. And so you can connect and use those to help promote your book during that period. And then he's doing what we teach in launching multiple formats. Now he's rolling the paperback of his book 
and that's being treated as another launch. And so it just continues to stack and build momentum and build that Amazon juice so that Amazon will start recommending the book to others, promoting the book, boosting it in the search rankings, all that good stuff. That's terrific. It's very illustrative of the steps that people take and what they can expect as these different sources of traffic and buyers stack upon one another and build that platform. Chandler, tell me, what's something that you're excited about in your business or your life right now? Oh man, excited feels like maybe the wrong word. I just bought my first home in Austin, Texas, and I'm in the middle of a big renovation and it's been months in the making. And we're at the time of this recording about seven to 10 days probably from finishing it. (laughs) And so it's a beautiful feeling and home ownership is no joke. I do not recommend it, but no, it's been, it's actually been really great, but it's, it's a whole list of responsibilities. It's been fun now. But I bet you, you see a lot of parallels between book promotion and getting to that punch list. Because once you're talking punch list, you're down to the last dozen or so issues before they take their tools and they drive away (laughs) for the last time. Yeah, I'm hoping that this won't be a one-year launch. But there are a lot of parallels. It's project management. That's a beautiful thing. We always say it's books change the lives of authors and they change the lives of readers. So probably everyone listening to this has had their life changed by reading a book. Well, books also change the lives of authors. We always say it's not about the book, it's about who you become in the process of writing and publishing that book. There's so many life skills that you learn in this process, exactly to your point, Bill, that you learn it from doing the book and then you are able to apply it in other areas of your life. Okay, I've had to work with an editor or an illustrator or a cover designer. I've learned project management skills. Now, how can I relay that into working with a designer for my house or working on the remodel and stuff like that? So there's a lot of parallels and overlapping skills. That's terrific. Now I have a question that changes the lives of a lot of guests on the show. Chandler, are you ready for the My Quest for the Best lightning round? Yes, sir. At the start, we talked about someone who inspired you growing up, and you talked about your brother. And what I want to ask you now is when you were growing up, Chandler, what's a song that you loved as a Mm. teenager? Oh, man. A song that I loved. I would say it's actually this song, Brother. It's by my brother's band. It's one of their most popular songs. And that was just, that was a big one for me. What are two of the top metrics or KPIs that you track in your own business? I would say the two biggest ones are appointment velocity. That's a big driver of business for us. And then the second one is cash. Revenue is vanity, profit is sanity, cash is king. If you don't have cash, you don't have a business. Appointment velocity is how many appointments do we every single day through our marketing and through our sales development team? Because that appointment velocity, we know that every appointment is worth about 12 or 1300 bucks. So we can forecast revenue based on that appointment velocity. That leads to revenue. It's one of the biggest controllables revenue, which leads to cash if we profitably run the business and manage our cash flow. Tell me about a time that you got stuck in your writing and what did you do to get unstuck? Ooh, I got stuck writing the most recent book. It was there was it was the same thing we taught even we teach you all the time. I got stuck getting started and then I got stuck in this messy middle thinking, man, this isn't going to be good. And so I had to zoom out for a second and remind myself why I'm doing this. That helped give me the energy to dive back in. Who in your field inspires you? Big inspiration is Michael. Uh, he's an advisor for self-publishing school and a mentor for me personally. Uh, he does it right in every area of life, the full wheel of life. And that's why I went to him to advise the company and to mentor me. I believe in the wheel of life. You've got your finances, you've got your faith, you've got your business, you've got relationships, all those things. And so I think he just, he does it at a high level. What's a book other than your own that you've given away the most in the last year? <laughs> other than my own, that's a hard one. I would say 80-20 sales and marketing. 
80-20 sales and marketing by Perry Marshall. Oh, I've got it right here. What do you know? But I have given away a ton of copies of my own book. Probably 20 to 100 times more copies of my own book than any other book. That makes sense. Now tell me, in the last year or so, what is the habit, routine, or belief that you've stopped that's brought you the most personal satisfaction or pleasure? I've stopped for times and I probably need to stop again, but it's checking my phone so much. I've dramatically reduced my social media intake, but I think it's still probably not higher level than I, it's still at a higher level than I'd want it. Too. But there's been times where for a month I would stop or I would say, hey, I'm not going to go on any of these apps. And it just dramatically Im improved my happiness. Yeah. One thing I've done is I, I just don't look at any apps on my phone except the puzzle before I go to bed. Nothing. Nice. I can complete cool. it. It's yeah. done. But I don't go on things I could go down rabbit holes and lead <laughs> to staying up later than I want. That's awesome. All right. So Chandler, you've been so generous with sharing with us on my quest for the best today. I want to thank you and highlight the fact that your brother is someone who inspired you growing up. Seth, you inspire a lot of people, but Chandler is someone who was always going to be special to you. And he called you out on the show today. We talked about the importance of getting to that first rough draft, because that's one of the determinants that you could see that people will complete and lead to their book if they have that first draft completed and they don't obsess on the chapter titles or they don't obsess on the outline. We talked about the importance of all of the different micro decisions that help push us along the way whenever we're pursuing a big goal. We talked about the importance of making sure that you get leads and sales into your business and books are one of the greatest ways to do that. We talked about the four purposes of a book. We talked about so many ways to use books to help you grow your business. For these reasons and so many more, I want to thank you once again for joining me on my quest for the best. Bill, thank you so much for having me. Well, books change lives, Chandler. And you said that here. And I want to ask you, where can people go to find out more about you and your work online? Because you're listening to this episode, I have a hunch that you like audio and listening to audio. So I want to gift you with an audiobook copy of my new book. It's called Published, The Proven Path from Blank Page to 10,000 Copies Sold. All you have to do is go to publishedbook.com forward slash audible and you can get a free copy using an audible credit or a free trial uh, so you can check that out there then lastly if you're serious about this book and you want some one-on-one -on -one support um, go to selfpublishing.com forward slash apply uh, book a call with my team we'd be happy to chat with you about your book uh, and help create a plan and then figure out how we might be able to help well chandler we're going to link to those sites to make sure it's super easy for people listening to this episode could follow the links and go and get an audible copy as well as take you up on your offer to have a chat, a confidential chat about your book, your process, and how you can might help. So for those reasons, so many more, I want to thank you once again for joining me on my quest for the best. Chandler Bolt, author of Published, The Proven Path from Blank Page to 10,000 Copies Sold. Thank you so much again for joining me on my quest for the best. Thank you, Bill. Hi, this is Bill, and I hope you've enjoyed this podcast interview on my quest for the best. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or your favorite app so you never miss an episode full of stories, tips, and insights for the ambitious small business leader. Now I have a quick request for you. Please go to Apple Podcasts and iTunes and give us a rating and review. My team and I really appreciate the feedback and we read every comment to find out what you enjoy and what you want as we develop new content, course materials, and a few surprises that we have in store for you. When you rate and review my quest for the best, you help other small business leaders find us, subscribe to the podcast, and join the community. You can get the Insider's e-newsletter for small business leaders by going to myquestforthebest.com. We have chosen a challenging path to make a living and make a difference in the world, and I believe it's important to share top-notch resources with each other, which is why you'll find new episodes from top thought leaders and small business experts on My Quest for the Best each week. Thanks for listening and being part of the community. See you on the next episode.